Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle. The Christian Girl's Guide to Modern Dating. We are just two single girls trying to help you navigate dating well as Christian women. And welcome back to part two of our Q&A series. I guess winter Q&A series. Yeah. Is that what we're calling it? Mm-hmm. Because it's, we've only winter. done this in the summer. Yes, it is winter. It is cold outside. Although yeah. I just got back from Florida. It was not as cold there. That is true. But I'm just, ready for warmer weather. Like once Christmas is done. Oh, no, I take it back. New Year's. Once yeah. New Year's is done, I'm ready for over the it. cold to be done, too. Like See, I, if it could be really cold from like Thanksgiving to New Year's, I'd be happy. If it could be warm all the rest of the time, I'd be good. But unfortunately, here in Georgia, the cold weather is all after the new year. Yeah. Like it was, what, 55, 60 degrees on Christmas Day? Yes. Which and is then, ridiculous. I know. And then it's going to be, you know, 32 probably next week or something. I just I want one good snow. On Christmas. No. It's the year it snowed on Christmas a few years ago. It ruined all our Christmas plans because we like go to my grandparents' oh. house. So it ruined that whole yeah. thing. And we were all still young enough to where it mattered more. That's like, not that it true. doesn't matter now, but like we were still like yeah. thinking I was little. And so I'm sure now it wouldn't be a big deal, but I just want one good snow or I can't go anywhere and I can make snow cream. Yes. And go outside and play in it for a while, take a few pictures, stay inside with like the fireplace on my uh, TV yes. <laughs> since I don't have a real one. Yes. And then with usually it- about my birthday in April. I'm ready because here's, oh, what I, here's what I don't like. I don't like the fickle weather where it's 35 degrees in the morning and 70 in the afternoon. I get so sick. I can't dress for that. Yeah. That's when I get annoyed. I'm yeah. fine with the all cold or the all hot, mm. but the little in between where I can't decide what I, what weather I want to be today. No, no, I don't like that. Cold weather just makes me grumpy. Oh, I love cold weather. I like cold weather clothes. I love like yes. that, but not feeling cold. No, I stick me by a sandy beach or in a pool in the hot i am a happy person i am ready to be tan me too i was whipping out my self-tanner the other day because i was like this is just cannot continue to start because i got the glove and the the thing that i asked for so i don't get orange hands wow that was a lot of information y'all didn't ask for (laughs) that was how our brains work the weather was not one of the questions for today shockingly enough (laughs) all right we've got some doozies today yes these are these are hopefully something. y'all are ready because we yep. are not necessarily. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to do our best. So question number one. Yeah. Start out right off really diving in here, Bethany. How do you still honor your parents when they don't completely approve of your significant other? I think there are some conditions to this where it looks different. I agree. And I'm just going to say the conditions and then we can flush them out. You can add your own, whatever. Mine would be, how old are you? Mm-hmm. Because I hate to break it to you if you're 16, 17, 18, still in high school, possibly even still in college, you can make the argument. If they're paying for things, is my th- if my parents are funding my livelihood, they still have a little bit of a say yes, in Yes, they life. definitely have more of a say. Yes. And I think, yes, if, if definitely in high school, mm-hmm. possibly in college, we're not talking about honoring your parents, we're talking about obeying your parents. And we can talk about that distinction later, but there's a, there's a point where that's you know shifts a little bit yeah and so have you gotten to that point or yet point or yet (laughs) have you gotten to that point or not yet that's what i was trying to say there you go (laughs) i'll get there eventually (laughs) so that would be my question to someone is what does that look like my second thing would be why do they not approve of him is it they just don't like the shoes he wears 
Or is it because, you know, he seems to have an anger problem. Two very different things. Mm -hmm. And then my third question would be, I'm assuming you are a believer. So then I will assume that he is as well. Are your parents? Mm. Those three main things would color how I would answer this question. Would you, do you have any other? Not, no, because anything I had would fall under those okay. categories. The only other thing I can think of is if you're dating somebody and he says he's a believer and there is no real fruit and your parents are pointing that out to yes. you, that would be another yes. circumstance I that I could see um, happening. Yeah. I have been there mm. multiple times. <laughs> Full disclosure. So, um, yeah, that would be my the only other one I yeah. add, but I agree with those things. Okay, that you said. so yeah, I would say let's start with yeah the difference between obeying your parents and honoring your parents. When you are under your parents' roof, whether that be physical or like you said, financial, I think their rules go. Mm-hmm. I agree, and that falls under obedience. I think it. I would say that blanket statement about high school. I agree. College is a College little murky. Is a little bit more uh, because, and it's somewhat contingent on the other two things we were talking about. Are they believers? What's their complaint about him? And those things, just because you're in college, especially if you've gone away to college, just because they're paying for it doesn't necessarily mean I feel like they get to make you do whatever they want to. That yeah. can that can become a touchy situation and I'm not going to make any blanket statements about that at all. Because let's just be honest, that's a hard season. It is. To go through. Making that shift from child to adult, whether it's going from obedience to honoring your parents and all the other things that come with that, Mm -hmm. you know, making decisions based on what they say versus making your own decisions completely or just consulting them. Like those Mm -hmm. are tough things that take a while to walk through. And so depending on where you are on that spectrum, I think it's going to color this question too. I agree. And as hard as it is for you, remember it's also hard on your parents. That is one thing. I'm not going to sit here and be the girl that takes the parents' side <laughs> on everything. But but they probably are right a lot more than you want to give them credit yes, for. I will take the parents' yes, side. Yes, <laughs> and I totally agree with that. And I, so my family, I'm one of five kids we're all out of high school now. And my mom, one of her statements recently has been, it's very difficult to parent adult children. And she's really had to figure out how to transition into that. So this is hard for them too. So they're not going to do it perfectly. You're not going to adjust perfectly. So regardless of which bucket you fall into that we're about to talk about, give your parents a little grace. Oh, absolutely. It's not a one-sided shift. You're switching like in this case from obedience to honoring your parents they're switching like your mom said from parenting to like advising yeah it's It's a a, big it's it's a big shift for them Mm -hmm. too yeah so give them a little bit of grace as they're trying to figure out how to go through this just as much as you are so i'll caveat everything with that yes i think once you have made that transition though to you're in a position to honor your parents the bible says honor your parents it's not a suggestion mm-hmm. it's just as much of a command as obeying them is mm-hmm. so the question is not do i have to do this it's what does this look like mm-hmm. and i think one of the big differences is obeying your parents everybody knows what obeying your parents means they tell you plenty <laughs> <laughs> it's so you're true. gonna do what i'm telling you to do one way or the other and you should do it with a joyful attitude because that's right but even if you have the wrong attitude you're still gonna do what i tell you mm-hmm. honoring your parents is taking all of those years of obeying them and then applying it in your own decision making. 
And not because it's what your parents tell you to do, but because you're honoring the Lord. And if your parents are seeking the Lord as well, that trickle down effect will happen. Yes. Because their ultimate goal for you will be that you are honoring the Lord. And if you are truly trying and pursuing doing that based on what you truly believe is right in scripture, they may not agree with you on the minutia of that. And they can say, hey, here's where we disagree and here's why based on scripture. Here's why I don't think this is right. But ultimately before the Lord at that point, your conviction and you interpreting scripture, how you think and praying and asking the Lord to show you and give you wisdom and that that's on you at that point. I agree. I think a big part of this too is respect because you can respect your parents, even if you take a route that they are not necessarily suggesting that you take. Totally. And they, they can respect you in that as well. Exactly. Just, and this isn't really like a dating example but just for a personal (laughs) example of I just walked through this last year um I uh quit my job without another one which I don't advise (laughs) for just anybody but I had been very unsettled and unhappy a lot a lot of things were happening yeah I won't get into all the details of it but I had been praying for months about what do I need to do I feel like I need to leave and I sought counsel I was in prayer I was in the work, like everything I was doing the steps that my parents had taught me Mm -hmm. to take when I needed to make a decision. And it came to the point where I had so much peace about leaving and I knew it was the right thing to do. And I told, I knew my parents would flip out because they're parents and they're like, Oh my gosh, this is, we taught you, you don't quit one job without taking another one. And I remember telling my dad, I said, dad, I know you're going to freak out, but I am so certain this is the right thing to do. And he's like, okay, well, if the Lord's leading you, yeah. you need to do it. Now my mom freaked out <laughs> as she, it's totally understandable. Sure. And, but we had a good conversation about it on Black Friday, actually, mm-hmm. we were talking about it. And I was like, mom, I know you, I know you freaked out and I'm so sorry, but I was so sure. And she yeah. was like, and I should have seen that then. yeah she's like because i took the worried mother route instead <laughs> of all right lord if you're call- if you're leading her to do this you're gonna take care of her yeah and you she's like you weren't doing anything wrong you weren't going against biblical standards or commands or anything yeah. you weren't being disrespectful of us and you were moving forward that way and she's like you there's no reason that i shouldn't have been a hundred percent supportive of that yeah which I thought was a really cool conversation. So yeah. I think that they're like, still learning too. Exactly. And so, but like Bethany said, you're if you're taking those steps of you're seeking wise counsel, you're in the word, you're praying about it, you're taking all of those steps, and you still don't see eye to eye with your parents. When you become an adult, it is okay for you to move in the direction that you feel led. Yeah. Even if they're not on the same page. Yes. And that is a weird place to be. It is because you, st- <laughs> especially if you're a people pleaser, because my mom and dad are the two people that I want to agree with every decision I make. Oh, absolutely. And if they don't, I'm like, oh God, I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. I'm going to get like struck down or something. <laughs> well, and I think especially it's when you're a single woman, not at home with your parents, but you're also not married. Yeah. There's this weird tension there because you're still under your father's. Because my dad likes to put it, my umbrella of authority. Like, think about, like, he's like, I'm holding an umbrella over, you know, protecting my daughters from the rain Mm -hmm. of life, whatever, you know. (laughs) And then when he, you know, he's like, when you get married, I'm going to hand that umbrella to your husband. And you're under. So it's an Mm -hmm. interesting place to be when you're 
you're there, but then you also live on your own and you're a fully grown adult making your own decisions and your own money and doing all of your own things. It's an odd dynamic sometimes. It is, for sure. So I think particularly if we take the route of trying to figure out, okay, why do your parents not approve of your significant other? Yes. If it's something that is preferential on their part that does not have any sort of scriptural backing, a.k.a. his faith and character portrayal yeah whatever you want to yeah. you want to say that if and it's just a, oh well we really saw you with somebody more like this yes or we thought you'd end up with somebody like this instead or we don't really love that he yeah. has this job i don't know i'm just <laughs> yeah. picking yeah things out of thin air here that's a preference thing and that is something that you may have to agree to disagree on yes. and you can still say i Mom, Dad, I appreciate you telling me your concern. Because that's a big step for a parent to go to their kid and say, mm-hmm. hey, I'm nervous about this. Because yeah. they want you to be happy. And sure. they don't want to ruffle feathers. But I'm grateful that y'all brought that to mind. I will keep an eye on it or I'll pay attention to it or I'll be mindful of that. But I don't feel like that's grounds for me to end this relationship. And I would like to continue forward yes. in it. And I would love your support in that. Oh, totally. And I think... They have to realize, too, that this is a preferential thing. One thing I would, I'm going to take the parent side again, Mm -hmm. is remember, they know you better than anyone else. So even if it is preferential of like, you know, he's not very fill in the blank. And you always said you wanted someone like that. Or I really think that would be more complimentary to your personality. Don't just go, oh, but he's so cute and I really like him. And that's not in the Bible. So I'm going to disregard it. Does that make sense? Yes, like the Bible does not a, say thou true. shalt marry someone with a similar sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> so just because your parents are like, I just don't like, how's that going to work? If y'all are very different on this or you're way too similar on this, just because it's not a thou shalt in the Bible doesn't mean it doesn't have merit. Mm-hmm. And just because you really like him and you're caught up in the emotion of it, you disregard that. That's not wise on your part, but it is not something that is required that you follow. Agreed. And one other uh, piece of advice I will give you is... Um, if you're going to ask for your parents' opinion, be ready for it. Yes. And don't get mad if it's not what you want to hear. I did this. What was it Matt said in his interview? He okay. was like, I hate it when girls are like, be honest. Be you honest, can't get in you trouble. Can't get in trouble. You, don't do that to your parents. Yeah, don't do that to your parents. Because I went to my parents one time when I was in a relationship and asked, what do y'all think? Do y'all mm-hmm. see any red flags? Well, they did. I wasn't expecting them to. Yeah. And I got all upset. And my dad was like, you asked for my opinion. Yeah. And I was like, he's like, don't ask for it if you don't want it. I'm like, that's true. Or so, if you only want it to be what you want to hear. Exactly. So just. I feel like that's what dads are for. Mm-hmm. How many times has, I mean, my dad has been, well, I'm not going to just tell you what you want to hear, mm-hmm. whether it's about dating or my everything else. My mom's more like Really? That. Yes. No, my dad is. Yeah. So the last thing I want to touch on before we move on from this very loaded question yes but a good in a good yeah. way let's talk about if you're a believer the guy's a believer and your parents aren't <sighs> that is tough it and is i tough. will just say off the bat i am very fortunate and the lord has been gracious in that i haven't had to deal with that my parents are and so firsthand i i don't know I know a lot of prayer would be involved because the Bible does not say honor your parents so long as they are believers. Mm. It looks different, but you've got to be able to realize that their entire worldview cannot be the same as yours. 
not just that it isn't, it can't be. The Bible talks about, you know, when you're saved, your eyes are open. You are no longer blind. You're no longer dead to sin. Like, you are dead to sin. You're no longer dead in your sin. You have been made alive. And so when that has happened to you, you've had that transformation, that regeneration. Your parents haven't. They can't see the way you do. They can't evaluate a situation the way you do. They can't come at a situation the way you do. And so it's going to just make it different. I think a lot of times when you are the one that is saved and your boyfriend is, more than likely I feel like they're going to be like, he's awesome. Yes. Because they, you know, it doesn't make them horrible parents just because they aren't believers, but... They still want the best for their children. They still, obviously, all of those things. And so when you're looking as a Christian for a man who is selfless and kind and patient and humble and they see those things, that's a good thing. So I think the issue may come down a lot of times to your faith itself because they don't have that. And they're like, this guy's religious or he's what, like that may become the issue. And I think if that's the issue, there's nothing you can do about that because that's something you would want to be an mm-hmm. issue. If that makes sense. Yeah. You want them to not be okay with it. You want them to see that that's different. Mm-hmm. Like it talks about the verse that talks about always be ready to give a defense for the hope that is in you. Well, if was it in first Peter second, it's in one of the Peters. First I know three fifteen. Thank you. And so I use that in my high school graduation <laughs> oh, speech. Right. So that's the only reason I remember. <laughs> so if they're seeing that difference, they're seeing that hope, Be ready to defend that. Be ready to Mm -hmm. give a defense and be glad that it's causing that. Like think of the gospel conversations that will bring up. That's so true. So if that's the issue, I would say lean into that tension. Talk about it with your boyfriend. No, especially if it's different for him. If his parents are believers, like that's going to be a different experience for both of you. So talk about that with him as far as like how you want to approach it with your parents. Don't blindside him. Like the first time you bring him home, give him, have given him a heads up a little bit that, hey, this is what you're walking into. But then past that, I think, it, like before, take into account what they're saying. They know you well. And then filter it through the lens of scripture and make a decision. And if your conscience is clear before the Lord, after diligent study and seeking him, then I think you're okay. Yeah. The only thing I'll, I'll add two things to that. One, this is really where the respect thing is going to come in because you can be respectful and you should be respectful probably more so in this situation than any of the other ones. And just, you know, because your parents, like Bethany said, just because they're not believers doesn't mean they can't give good advice. There will be things that they will say to you most likely that will be helpful and encouraging and all of those things and even when y'all disagree you can still be respectful and that is a way to honor your parents in this situation and it's also a way of showing the sincerity of your faith exactly that you can say we are totally different on this but i love you you are my parents and i choose to respect you in this anyway exactly and then the other thing i would say if you do find yourself in this circumstance have mentors in your life who are maybe around your parents' age who have kids who are, and the mentors are obviously believers, that's a given, but, <laughs> and talk to them, be like, how would, how would you suggest that you're a parent? Because we, we 
we're not parents. No. We don't know what it's like to have children, especially nope. grown dating children. So we're barely navigating being the grown yeah, dating exactly. children. <laughs> Much less having them. So true. We're on the total other side. Yeah. So have those people in your life that you can go to and say, okay, you're a parent and you have grown kids that are dating. What do you think would be a good way for me to have this conversation or to handle this topic or to navigate this X, Y, Z? And I think that can be a really valuable resource to you. Yes. I was going to say at the end of this one too, and I'm so I'm glad you said this. I was going to mention having someone in that mentor capacity outside of your parents even if your parents are believers, kind of going back to those first couple of situations where you can go and say, hey, person who's older than me, who's more objective, who's not in the trenches of this, objectively tell me your observations of this. Here's what they're seeing. Here's what they're saying. Here's what they're objecting to. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Do you think this is important? Do you think I need like someone who you trust, who knows you well, who will be honest with you, who's a little bit more objective? I think that's a really big thing in this. Man, what a question that I know. That be. was practically a full episode yeah. in its own. Yeah, so we're only going to do two this episode. I think that's a good call. <laughs> guys, just because that one, and there were questions within the question of that sure. one, and we knew that. So, Well, and that's why we wanted to do this outside of CouchCast, because we wanted to be able to take the time to really answer. That was one of the ones that really, we were like, we kind of sparked this yeah. idea to do another because Q&A series. That's not something that is flippant. That's not something that is just, oh, we're going to talk about this off the cuff with no notes. That is, this is a raw thing. I think a lot of times for people, this is something that is emotionally charged. And we wanted to give that the, the thought and the time that it was due. Agreed. So we're going to move from that to <laughs> talking about boundaries. Yay. Yay. Everybody's favorite thing to talk about. So second and final question of the day. Okay. What is the best way and the best timing to bring up the conversation on physical boundaries? Before you've crossed them. And I say that tongue in cheek, but I'm serious. <laughs> oh, yeah. I agree. I totally agree. You don't. I mean. If, I, if I'm if i going to be real blunt here, you don't wait till you're making out on the couch to say, oh, hey, you know what? We probably ought to talk about this. If I'm being, I mean. That, Very, yes. Making my point, I'm being blunt, I realize. But that's not the time to talk about physical no, boundaries because no, no, that's no. never going to emotionally charged conversations about physical boundaries are just not a good that needs to be a very objective like probably on the phone so there's no like or Or in public that's true put a table between you you'll be fine i've i've had it over the phone i've had it on facetime and i've had it in person yeah public setting so i've gone all three done all of them um but yes if you can just make it as non-emotional yes. as possible, that would be step number one yes. as far as a time to bring it up. Sure. I always go back to, I don't think I've actually brought up this verse in a while, but Daniel 1.8. And it's when Daniel, they're trying to get them to eat all of the king's mm. food and yep. Daniel's not. And it says, Daniel purposed in his heart, he would not defile himself with the king's choice food. And kind of like, I mean, I was making the joke of, you know, not when you're making out on a couch, but <laughs> I'm going to talk about the Bible. That just seems weird. But <laughs> Bethany's getting scandalous <laughs> in this episode, y'all. But the, the parallel would be Daniel didn't decide that when he's sitting there at the table smelling all of this great food. He decided that in an, from an objective place when he was not in that situation, when he could sit and discern right and wrong, what is appropriate, what is not, what am I going to do? He purposed it in his heart. And once that was done, once that boundary was set, then he could communicate it. Then he could move forward with that, not in that emotionally charged place. And this is exactly the same. That principle 
applies here so much. You have to decide what those boundaries are. You have to establish them for yourself and purpose in your heart that you will not cross them and then communicate that to the guy that you're dating. Yes. Now the how of bringing it up, I am never good at. So I'm going to leave that one to Kristen because it needs to be brought up. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times it falls on, well, the guy should bring it up. He's the, that's his role. Yeah. But I think, and I would agree with that. I think he should be the one leading in this area. He should be the one stepping out and saying, this is important. I care about you. I want to honor the Lord and I want to do this well. So he should bring that up. Mm -hmm. But if he doesn't, you should. Agreed. It's not something that you just let go on and on and on. Well, he'll bring it up eventually. No, you bring it up if he hasn't. I think it's tough to put a time frame on it. It just depends on what your dating relationship looks like. If it's a slow moving thing, I'm not going to say, well, if you haven't talked about this after two months, then something's wrong. But if this is like sparks fly and you're off to the races from the very beginning sooner rather than later Mm -hmm. don't you think i would agree i would agree i have been in both situations where the guys brought it up and i've brought it up yeah and i've been in a situation where i've brought it up and it didn't seem all that important to him and that's Mm, a huge red flag to me like huge i completely agree because i'm a proponent of the earlier the better yes but here is my typically Well, let me say this. The instances where the guy brought it up, we had either been talking for a while before we actually started dating. Oh, so it was more of a, hey, where do you stand on this stuff? Yes. Okay. Or it was, we'd been friends for a while, so we were comfortable with Mm. each other, and then we had the conversation as soon as we started dating and went from one to the other. So they were a little bit of like, they were different circumstances. Um, the other one where I brought it up was my college boyfriend. Yeah. I was a nervous wreck. I was terrified. Like, what if he thinks I'm a Because li-? here was the other thing. I was a freshman and he was a fifth year senior. Oh, I didn't realize he was that much older yes. than you. So oh, he wow. was four years older than me. So yeah. I was 19 and he was 23. Yeah. So I'm like, what if he thinks I'm the lame little teenager <laughs> that like, you know, but I was like, no, this is important. This is important. And his reaction, like you said, is yeah. very important to how I'm going to gauge this. And all I really asked was, so as far as like physical boundaries, what do you think about that? And left it very open-ended, not here are my 14 rules that I have to, you know, you want to know what he really you thinks. You want to know what he thinks without him. Like, oh, yeah, whatever you say is fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I want him. Because I want him to have some. Exactly. Like, if a guy doesn't have any, I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> yep. So that's how I handled it. Yeah. But I do agree. It's, it's a lot easier if the guy just brings it, is, it up. And it, that, it's kind of funny, though. We were talking about this not long ago. I have kind of realized just over time of, like, doing this podcast, it's making me realize a lot of things. <laughs> But I've wondered how many other girls are like this, too, that there's a lot of things that it's really easy to sweep under the rug of, oh, that's his job. Oh, that's his role. Oh, he can do that because it's hard and awkward and I don't want to have to do it. So you can kind of hide behind that. Maybe you don't want to be vulnerable. Maybe you don't want to get hurt. You don't want to put yourself out there. So you're like, oh, well, he should do that. Don't do that. No. (laughs) Don't hide behind that. Don't let yourself get caught there. Because that is an excuse and a crutch for you, and it's not doing anyone any favors for him either. So yeah, just be mindful of that. And just, we've said before, just because something is a hard conversation doesn't mean it doesn't need to be had. And I have 
seen the value of that. Yes. And that I was hiding behind saying, oh no, a guy should lead in that. Or, oh no, he should do that. He should initiate that or whatever. But maybe that's not necessarily the case. And it doesn't apply specifically to this, just in general. That's something that I've kind of realized over the past however many months. Mm -hmm. So you can bring it up if you need to. Yeah. And the other thing I'll say is you can continue to not beat a dead horse, talk about it. But if it gets to a point where you're getting a little too close to your boundary or you're not comfortable with something or something happened that y'all didn't talk about, have the, don't feel like, okay, we already talked about this once and that's it. That was our one shot. No, like you need, because I've been in that situation where I'm like, hey, I'm not comfortable with where this is going. We need to stop. And as, especially like you said, have it earlier rather than later. If you do that, depending on what the boundaries are, I'm not saying change your boundaries, but as a relationship gets more serious, the things that are appropriate change mm-hmm. to an extent. And I I know we kind of shy away from giving people lists of things that are okay to do and not because we don't want to inform your convictions. Mm-hmm. But for example, on a high level, when you first start dating someone, holding hands is probably a-okay, but you wouldn't necessarily want to kiss them maybe. Mm-hmm. Later on, kissing's great. So in the beginning, you don't really have boundaries about like, okay, where do we draw this line? Mm-hmm. But later, once that has been introduced, you might need to talk about it. Yep. So it is okay for it to be an ongoing fluid conversation. Yes, I agree. So just, you know, what you've got to take this a little bit, not take it personally, but take it on a personal yes. level of what does your relationship look like? How did it start? What's the history? Where, you know, what well, are you comfortable with? And is he bringing it up? Do you feel like it's getting to the point where you need to bring it up and kind of feel it out? There's not as black and white of an answer for this one as a lot of, not that all our questions are really black and white, (laughs) but this one's a little bit more ambiguous. It is. And because it's such a big thing. It's such a big deal. You need to just really be in tune with what, know yourself, know him. And you were talking about like, what is your history within that relationship? But know your history outside of it. Mm. You know yourself. If you're like, you know what? This has always been a real problem for me in previous relationships. Well, that maybe should be a boundary in your current one. Yes, that's a great Use point. that to inform mm-hmm. your current boundary. So know yeah. yourself. Talk to him. And I'm not saying you need to get into the nitty gritty details of your history with your boyfriend that you just started dating. In no. fact, I'm saying you should not do that. No, right off not the bat. right off the bat. That's more of an later right on before down you get the... engaged conversation yeah. i think i don't think you get engaged before having that conversation but that's kind of one of the last things before you're like okay we're gonna get engaged in my personal thought yeah um that's another conversation <laughs> for, for another, another day. day but just because something was a boundary when you were 15 doesn't mean it is now and vice versa just because something wasn't when you were 15 doesn't mean it shouldn't be now yes exactly so and i just thought of this too i keep saying and the last thing i'll say <laughs> But if you have friends that are married, engaged, or whatever, go ask them, hey, how did y'all talk about this? Mm -hmm. Did that go well? Would you have done it differently? And kind of gauge maybe what might be a wise thing to do based on other people's experience. Yeah. Because what is it saying? Like, a smart person learns from their own mistakes and a wise person learns from the mistakes of others. So Absolutely. Not that your friends all make mistakes about talking about their boundaries, but... Oh, you know they did. Everybody everybody does. Everybody does. (laughs) So, you know... Take your time. Yes. Be diligent with this. Don't sweep it off as not a big deal. And then move forward. There you go. So, all right, guys. What a conversation. 
that yeah. was that was man. intense. That was intense. Maybe we'll try to pick a a little bit more of a light heart. For real. Next, <laughs> next time. Next time. week. Come back next week, please. Yes, next week. <laughs> we will be back with part three of our Q&A series. And don't forget, I know we haven't mentioned this in a yeah. few weeks, but if you are not already one of our faithful Patreon supporters or patrons, as they're officially called, you should be. Number one, because you get all the episodes early before everybody else. Yes. Number two, depending on how supportive you want to be, <laughs> you get access to other resources. Yep. Like our monthly Patreon exclusive video that we do. Or yes, all which we're of, about to start a new series with. We are. So we're kind of, is it okay to tell them what we're doing? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so we're going to um, take a little bit of inspiration from the Office Ladies podcast. Which they are awesome. If you guys have oh not listened to them. I mean, we're obviously both obsessed with The Office, so right. we love everything they do. But it's Pam and Angela, who are best friends in real life, and they're going back through every episode of The Office and, like, giving behind-the-scenes info, things that were weird, things that they would do different. Like, it's just yep. super fun. It's a behind-the-scenes look at, like, a walkthrough of every single episode. Yes. So we thought it would be fun, now that we are in our fourth season, to go back to our... <laughs> Where it all began, yes. as Dan and Shay so eloquently put it, and <laughs> kind of listen, go back and listen to our older episodes and say, okay, do we still agree with this? What was happening in our lives when this Yeah, why did we say that? Why did we say this? Why was this a big deal? Yeah. Do I want to add anything? Yeah, because, spoiler alert, most of our episodes are inspired we, by true events. I was going to say, we, we plan things out and we have the whole season all planned out and then something will happen. I'll be like, Kristen, scrap this week. We're talking about this. Yeah. And that's happened a lot. So we yeah. want to give you guys a little bit of like behind the scenes, <laughs> behind each episode. Yes. So that's what our patron, patrons, patron subscribers, yeah. whatever they're called. I'm really struggling with Our monthly names. videos are going to be us then recapping after having listened to that episode. Yes. We're going to start with the pilot. And I got to say... I'm a little nervous. I am too. To go back to the very, very beginning. I am too, but I'm very excited. It's going to be great. Yes. So that's going to be coming. Actually, our first one will be this month. Yes, it will be. In the next, what is today? The 8th. The 8th. So I would say in the next week or two, it'll probably be up there. So if you guys want to get that from the beginning, jump on Patreon. That's the only way to get access to this. Yes. You can go to our website, lookingforthemiddle.com to click on the resources tab at the top and that will list all of your patron options there you go. i think the five dollar a month one is the yeah, one where you get the video I think so. yeah which is a cup of coffee y'all. there you like, go don't go to starbucks once a month and there you go but and if you go to our instagram we'll put the the link there i want to get a link tree link tree because we have all kinds we have of links. so many links we have youtube we have patreon we have surveys that we do we have the episode links Yes. Oh, so many things. It's a lot going so, on. So we're working Check on out it. that and yes. we should have that up there for you. Um, Pretty But fun. yeah. So yeah. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. So y'all go check that out and come back next week for part three yep. of our winter Q&A series. But until then, I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle. Mm-hmm.